Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Final hour is here on this Tuesday edition, OutKick 360. The OutKick network spanning this great radio station you're listening to or across YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you download your audio on podcast and much, much more streaming live at OutKick.com. Crew is all here. We're talking football this hour, both college and pro. The the news on the injury injury front across the NFL, T.J. Watt will not require surgery uh, for his torn pectoral muscle. And I don't know how all this works, but if you have surgery, you're done. If not, you've got a chance to return and... He got a second opinion after the report was he was going to need surgery. Second opinion says, no, hold up. You may be okay. Steelers, doctors, and everyone got involved. And uh, according to Schefter, he's scheduled to return uh, around the end of October or so. So that's great news for a Steelers defense that just got done. uh, The organization paid him a big contract extension last year. And he's made a huge impact already uh, this season just on the field this past week against Cincinnati. It's poorly timed because we've talked about the Steelers. Oh, yeah, uh, it's terrible. Have a, a really tough stretch here to open the season. That's why we've talked about when when they'll elevate Pickett. Yeah. And, um, you know, they obviously, uh, you know, did well to survive and uh, uh, force some, some takeaways um, from the Bengals and, and survived a, a furious uh, attempt by the Bengals to win that game. That's a good win for Pittsburgh, but um, that, that's a tough loss for them in, into a, a tough stretch. Of that was the loudest. Chris Boswell, he makes the game winner later, but the 50-something yarder he hit off the upright, that microphone on the, the upright, Loud that was the loudest. It, wasn't, it, was, it was a hollow, it was a crazy sound. I had the volume cranked up and was watching it. I mean, I saw it going right for it, and it was this loud, hollow-filled thud off the upright. That was it. More it, metallic, it reverberated. It more reverberated. metallic than usual. It was no. It wasn't really a ding like a baseball bat being hit. It was. It was different. There's something different in that that thud off the upright. What a game, though. Kickers have been a big story so far. There's been a lot going on in the kicking game. So that'll be interesting. Rodrigo and it's only Blankenship gonna... let, let go, waived today by the, the Colts after one week. I was on traditionally, Dan kicking is good early and warm. I was yeah. on with Dan Dockich in Indy, and he was asking about that and asked if Randy Bullock with the Titans was in trouble since he missed a 47-yarder no, to lose it. And he said, because the guy here may be in trouble, and then not 45 minutes later, Hot Rod is out in Indy. The other uh, injury news is Dak Prescott's not going to injured reserve in Dallas. I can't help but read into that and think that th- they think he's he's back sooner than what was a way sooner than what was originally thought. Whenever Jerry Jones let the cat out of the bag after Sunday Night Football, well, who was it with um, 
uh, RG3 last night, and was it Steve Young who's on yeah. the uh, pregame show? They yep. were both saying, like, you ever heard of a quarterback with uh, hardware in his, his thumb? Uh, they weren't – I didn't feel like they were just talking about, like, making it yeah. back in short order. They were, like, making it back to normal, period. And they were both shaking their heads no. So they've got some doubts about him getting back to normal, period. Very interesting back and forth last night, by the way. You mentioned Steve Young, one of my all-time favorites. With Adam Schefter, pregame they go down the field, and they were asking, you know, Russell Wilson's about to take the field. What do you expect? Talking about the Boo Birds that we've discussed on the show today. And Steve Young said, I fully expect him to get booed because he wanted out. You know, he left this organization, not not the other way around. And then he he looked at Adam Schefter and said, now I know Adam's about to say, oh, it's mutual and 50-50 and what. He wanted out. Like, the, the Seahawks wanted him, and he asked out and wanted out, so he should get booed, basically was what Steve Young said, which I found interesting. And, and you know, Adam Schefter just took it. He's like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not jumping in on your portion of the show here with whatever you want to say. So it was really good. I like that. Keenan Allen not expected to play Thursday night against the Chiefs. Uh, top wide receiver out with a hamstring issue. I feel uh, like Keenan Allen's getting like prematurely old. I mean, he's getting old, but his dings are, I don't know. Am I, am I crazy? He's, he, he seems like he's got a well, lot of stuff. He's very active. He's catching a lot of passes every year. I mean, I feel like he's been around forever. They, uh because there's, there's he's got so many catches. Wrong. That offense is spreading the wealth. They, they, had, they had 11 different receivers that caught passes, I believe. Yeah. I mean, um, he and Mike Williams are certainly a formidable duo. He's 30 years old. Yeah. Um, but he seems like there's always a report of something up with him. Well, the Everybody's got a guy they feel like that about. You know, he's one of my guys. Well, my, my guy's like been this. Julio. I keep waiting on Julio Jones to pop up somewhere on the – I mean, I, he's he's breaking a, a two and a half year record right now for the length of and duration of practice time paired with game time. It's amazing how a DM from Tom Brady can really change someone's physical well being, because with one DM from Tom Brady, it's like Julio Jones is magically healed. Who else? Who else? <laughs> from was all of it? his injuries and all of his problems the last two or three three years, really going back two years before that with Atlanta and then a year ago with the Titans, yep. I now fully expect him to take off this season based on week one. Isn't there one more besides Clowney no that I'm forgetting? A, a veteran who came here, didn't do much for the Titans, oh, there's been a number and, of them. and excelled. And, and Clowney has certainly been a, a solid player for Cleveland. Better cast, obviously. Vic Beasley? Opposite. Well, Beasley hadn't done anything since he left. He played a Jack little Conklin bit for the Raiders. Jack Conklin was the guy they didn't keep because yeah, of Yeah, but Conklin didn't come here late career with expectations and do nothing. That's the category I'm talking about, the clown, uh, the, the clowny and Julio category. Did Randy Moss here, do anything after the Titans? No. And I'm talking more of the Vrabel Robinson era. I think I'm forgetting one guy, but... I mean, it's got to be frustrating as hell when you're a fan. You, you know those names. Fans always want names. They don't want the Chris Hope who came here, the David Thornton who came here who they didn't know much about, who were excellent players, came here in their prime, just the kind of acquisitions you want. They came to love those guys. But upon their signing, they weren't like, woo, we got Chris Hope, we got David Thornton. But you bring in a Beasley, I mean, a Clowney or a Julio Jones, and they're all fired up. They didn't do a damn thing. And then they go somewhere else, and they're, you know, right now it looks good for Julio. Josh Clowney's Reynolds, been solid. Of? 
Josh Reynolds, uh, you know, it kind of fits that category. And he's, he's been, I don't know what he did this weekend, but he was good. Uh, last, I looked up year. in the second quarter. He was, you had uh, A.J. Brown and Josh Reynolds as the two leading receivers for each team <laughs> in that game. I mean, that's such a Titans thing. And the Titans were thrown to Jeff Swaim in that same moment. You know what else is a Titans thing is Todd Downing being extremely predictable. 18 of Derrick Henry's 21 carries came on first and 10 plus. Yeah, Sunday. Somebody, that is awful. Somebody sent me this. I, I'm not saying it's it's right. Uh, I'm just saying it's somewhat predictable. Like there were 18 third and five or shorters, and Henry only touched the ball maybe two or three times on that. I, I'm just saying, uh, don't be surprised that he's not getting the ball on third and four, or third and five. He's usually not on there the field on third, third and four. Down and third attempts, and five. I can tell you that that must be second, second or third th- down, second or third or whatever yeah, it was. But again, it's but very don't be surprised that Derrick Henry's not getting the ball. I'm not saying it's good, but don't be surprised he's not getting the ball on third and medium. He's usually not on the field on third and medium. And, and in in this game, right. I'll say Dontrell Hilliard before he was hurt late was one of the best players on the top. Well, what's interesting about that is Dontrell Hilliard says to reporters postgame he was available. Yeah, I, th- I think Dontrell Hilliard, this was my he's read lying. on it. I was there. I think he's lying. I, I mean, <laughs> I do. He didn't have a helmet. He was standing on the sideline without a helmet, and Vrabel said he was unavailable. I think Dontrell Hilliard is a oh, shy he's... guy who is, is obeying the team rule about okay. not saying anything about being hurt. That, that makes sense. Well, did anyone respond and say, well, Vrabel said you weren't available, so... You should go ahead and not lie. I didn't, I didn't bother. Well, what's odd to me Dontra is... Dontrell Hilliard was good in that game. I mean, obviously, he's, the, the he's two biggest, two I mean, touchdowns. That, that's a pretty big oversight for him to say he was available when he wasn't. And then Todd Downing at the, the presser earlier this week... It's fine saying he's not available. No one's asking Vrabel about Todd Downing either when it's extremely predictable. He was asked... I mean, he wasn't asked about Todd Downing by name, but he's asked about the play calling and the, and the third down stuff, which is... Effectively, well, he about was, Todd and Downing. I heard some of the answers when he was asked about we'll talk to Todd the third Downing and short Thursday. play calls. Yeah, about the tight end, the tight end around to Conquo, and I, I found it odd that he just said, "Well, you know, we we gave it to Derek on the shotgun. That was one yeah. of our third what down, about just third a straight off plays. handoff." And then, the, but it was kind of alluding to, "Well, that didn't work. So, what's next on the play sheet? Oh, we're going to hand it to the tight end <laughs> on third and one. Like that's a very." You, you snapped it to Derrick Henry in a spot he's not normally in, and you snapped it to him deep, and he dropped the snap. So you scrap Derrick Henry getting a handoff oh, on third I, and one? Seen it, I've Both seen of pre- them are But he made calls. it sound like that I've was the that was wild. In, in Wildcat. Yeah. The Wild Henry but you see is something my point. they've worked he, in throughout his career. He acted like because it didn't work on third and short in that instance on a, we'll shot, on a shotgun crazy. snap play – we're not going to give it to him on third and one in a traditional setting. We're going to give it to the tight end instead. I'd like to see on both plays them just hand it to him regular. Uh, and it exactly. felt to me like there wasn't a lot of faith, not in him necessarily, though he wasn't great, but in the front. It was late third, early fourth quarter when they actually attempted a pass on first down. I mean, it was that yeah, that's predictable. That's third, awful. The first down and, running And Vrabel decided to bring him back. This whole... Todd Downing stuff. I mean, the fans are outraged with Todd Downing, and he's he's in a bad spot because he's not going to win, even if they win. Because if he wins, Tim Kelly's going to reap the benefit of that as the pass game coordinator. Didn't and, see a lot of Tim Kelly influence. And if he sucks, which is the predictable outcome, Todd Downing's going to get blamed. So either way, he's he's not going to get any credit with this, and. They're running it back with a very predictable offensive scheme. 
with less offensive weapons. That's not a good recipe. Yeah, I'm trying to scroll for a stat that I kept here. This is second down. Oh, this is ties into it uh, from last year. Second down run rate after a sack or incompletion. So on the rare occasion, they do throw it on first down and they don't get anything. This is from last year. The Titans ran it 64% of the time on second down after they either got sacked or were incomplete. The only team that did it more, I should have used this last week, was the Giants at 65%. So, I mean, their first down stuff, they got to mix it up more, and you got to get it to your dynamic people. Who who are their dynamic people? Well, that's their problem. They're giving it to that guy. They have one dude. His yeah. name's Derrick Henry. Right. But they in the passing guys, game, I want to dynamic. Two guys that need to be dynamic, and that's Robert Woods and Traylon Burks, and they're not targeting either one. And one showed well, up out of shape, and they've got to be a bigger part of they're it. They're targeting Burks, but Burks is only on the field 18 snaps or whatever it was. I think that Burks, and, and this is on them because they've had four months to work with him, but I think he's still limited in what he knows and what they, no they think he can do. That's no excuse. O.J. Howard is limited in what he knows. He scored two touchdowns this weekend. Like, for every example of, oh, this guy's an idiot and we, don't, we can't get him up to speed on this offense because he's, you know, he's out of shape, um, I can point across the league to rookies making impacts. No, Jahan, I know, Jahan I Dotson had three catches this week. And two of them were touchdowns. Two of them were touchdowns, well, I, including the game winner. I, I'm not agreeing with them, Hutt. I, I'm saying I think in their high-mindedness, they say, if this guy can only do this much, well, we're going to go to guys who can do more. And those guys may be far less dynamic and whatever, but you know no I'm right here where Vrabel's thing is, if you don't know it all, I'm not using you but for a lot. I'm not going to use a guy who can only do three things. I've got to have the guy who can do all 11 things. That is such old-school thinking. And, and he's just won not, with it, it's though. not productive. I agree. Because no, he's won with it because AJ Brown AJ comes Brown. up with the explosive plays. Yeah, he's not won with it by plucking someone out on offense that can do a couple things really well and overworking that. He's won because he had AJ Brown. And the pass game we're talking about. Because yeah. if you've got a guy who can run a go route really well and can do two or three, then have him do those things. The good coaches that I know would say that. Well, if he can't do this, then let's get him to do this. And let's find ways to have him affect the game. I'm saying more broadly, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm disgusted kind of with, with, with what they did. But more broadly, and he was beaming about the contribution of the young guys, right? This is the biggest contribution no, they've got from young guys. And they, the young guys ever. played well, but they need to play more based on the contribution that they gave. But I think more broadly, they bring guys who don't know stuff along more slowly than a lot of people in the league. I think that probably, we've discussed this before, trickles all the way down to him because he would start it off as a guy who probably knew everything, but in the Pittsburgh system, he wasn't a required guy well, early. He played special teams. He was brought along slowly, and but, he but, probably thinks that's the so way So why are they not work. playing Caleb Farley since Caleb Farley's been in this defense longer and Roger McCreary just got here? Yeah, I think Caleb Farley's pretty bad. <laughs> Well, but again, but it you contradicts the whole... Yeah. I know. But here's the other thing, too. They interviewed him during the draft process, right? Farley? No, Traylon Burks. Yes. Oh, yes. They can put him on the, the whiteboard and show him plays, and they do all that, right? Yep. That's part of the... I mean, that's a... You traded away A.J. Brown to draft him. Yep. 
you got to be sure. Like, this guy's great on the whiteboard. He knows his stuff. That is not an excuse. See, I think, I, I, again, I'm not defending it. I'm telling you what I think happened. I think they say, this guy ultimately can be A.J. Brown, but they don't factor in, Chad. This guy in the first eight games of this year, which might be the end of our window, can't be A.J. Brown. Well, he, whatever he was on the field, they actually threw him the football. Right, but the, right? He, but he was only on for the eighteen yeah. snaps. Or, yeah, it was it was something around there. It may have been exactly eighteen. It, I think it might have been. Here, over here's 20. here's the other thing. Henry is notorious for getting off to very extremely slow, slow. starts in week one. Burks twenty four snaps, thirty seven percent. He has on offense yep. twenty four. Henry has just um, well, maybe it was eighteen passes. He was on the snap. He was on the field for a few runs. Uh, Henry has seven runs for 10 yards or more in his last four week one games. Seven for 10 plus. So the explosion for all, everyone's writing his obituary for what they saw in week one. This is typical Derrick Henry for week one. But also, same, same Henry for the last four years. Also, though, when you see that for the last three years, yeah. don't you say, like, hey, we've had trouble getting this guy I, going week one. Maybe we ought to do something a little bit different in the preseason and, and in training camp. And think about two series in a game or something that would change it up. Because otherwise, you're basically just saying – we're sacrificing Derrick Henry in week one. And or what? you're just sacrificing week one. You're just announcing. Well, when you sacrifice him, you're well, sacrificing We're going to lose. We're going to lose week one, guys. We're fine with it. You know, when I, when I saw the Long the game plan itself, I mean, they they were dominant in the first half. They, they should have capitalized. 17 or 21 points. Yeah, they should have capitalized. They had first and 10 from the 11, from the Giants' 11-yard line. That, that should be six points on the board. For how much they work pending. red zone. Yes. But – it's it, looking back on it and rewatching some part of the game at times, especially when you look at 18 of his 21 carries are on first and 10 plus. That to me is part of the game plan is let's just see if Henry busts one here. Let's see if our most explosive player on offense moves the sticks and we get an explosive play in the run game. The whole objective of offense or one of I the mean, big objectives of offense is to get a defense into uncertainty where they don't know if you're going to run or pass. Yeah. And where are the Titans doing that well, in that game? But with Henry, based on his average per carry, chances are you're getting into second and six or less. And that this offense, if they're not in second or six or, or less, they're, they, they're right. screwed. But you want, wouldn't you want it's first down to, to raise some of that question some of the time? First and 10 needs to be a question some of the time. And in the league, Hut, uh, this may be something we, we can find easily tonight. I mean, what's the percent pass on first and 10? It's got to be, uh, it's well, more pass. But it, if it's, my guess would be the 55, top. 55-60. We just look at Saquon Barkley. Did Saquon Barkley's, Carries, did you know all but two of them come on first and ten? No. Of course not. And they're predicated on the run just the way the Titans are. And they've got a quarterback who can't really you can't really count on. It's just very it's very frustrating to see uh, the predictability of last year crop back up in some very basic things where anybody can just look at the the play chart and see when they're giving it to him and when they're not. And you know, Hilliard's going to be uh, this year's version of McNichols. And he's better. 
I think. I mean, he, um, he looked better through camp, but, but he was least, very good. But at Sunday. least in week one, when when Hilliard was on the field in the second quarter and they put Henry out for a series, at least they actually handed the football off to the dude. McNichols wasn't doing that. If McNichols was on the field last year, it was a pass. And with Hilliard, at least they gave him a carry. And here's the other thing. <laughs> that you satisfied it me. You raised it yesterday, and we've been talking about it for years. Look, if you're saying Traylon Burks is open, but he was third uh, in the progression, yeah. get him higher in the progression. Yes. If, he, if he's getting big separation, which Next Gen Stats said he's getting big separation, well, look, if he's only running two or three routes, that may not satisfy you. You may not like that intellectually as football coach, coaching staff, whatever. If he's getting that separation, and he's the best guy with the ball in his hands in terms of being able to run away from people bully them, whatever, be a mini A.J. Brown, be something like A.J. Brown even now, even before he's close to fully developed. Get him higher in the progression once in a while so that Vrabel said, look, it's a yes-no. He he looks at the first guy, it's a yes-no. So if that guy ends up more open later, it's not like he could come back to him, all of that stuff. We'll have the yes-no on one or two more often for the best guys. I don't want a yes/no on Jeff Swain. Early. Who played the most of any quote-unquote skilled position player? I believe the most snaps because he's on the field for blocking. But then they, you know, they clearly game planned him in in the past game. Well, at least for that that screen, you know, it's one play, but it's with the one play. Well, they threw that it to all... more than that. Yeah, I'm but, not saying he caught every one of them. Yeah, he was targeted. I, I got the box score here. I think he was targeted three times. Yeah, it's one more than Robert Woods. You know. I mean, it's just about Robert Woods is I don't feel like Robert Woods was open. So I don't have as big a problem with Robert Woods because I think Robert Woods is having trouble getting open. Well, that's a problem. Burks Burks was (laughs) I got a big problem with that. That's if that's the case. I think it's an ACL. Uh, And we talked about that yesterday. I mean, they got a guy coming back in a key position from ACL. ACL But everyone locally was like, oh, Robert Woods looked great. Well, I cautioned. great. I cautioned. He he looked great, but he wasn't in a lot of team periods. And I said, (laughs) I I think it's probably I don't understand their plan. Swain was targeted four times, the same amount as Hilliard. Does Robert Woods wear, like, linebacker pads? He looks like he's wider than a lot of guys out there, the way he wears his pads. He's, like, deceptively thick. Yeah. Or deceptively. Maybe it's the single digit also. I think that's probably part. Yeah, that may have a part to do with that. Did you feel that way about Julio last year? It was funny because uh, the other night I was explaining, we're talking about something, and I, I told Angie about the snowplow game in 82 between the Patriots and the Dolphins. And I said, you got to watch this. This guy just comes out of nowhere on a snowplow. We were watching the, uh, the rain game with the Bears. Okay. And I said, okay. there, someone got a 15-yard penalty for the Bears for bringing a towel and sopping up the ground. And then threw it to the side and didn't know it was a penalty. And they 15-yard penalty. They couldn't kick a field goal at that point because he was trying to dry the ground where he was going to set the ball. But I showed that scene for the Patriots-Dolphins game in 82. And Angie goes, man, all the players were bigger back then. Why are they so much bigger? I said, their pads are huge. Like now they're barely wearing pads. But back then, every single guy was so square away because the pads were so big on all the players. And should we also point out what Romanowski would answer with yep. roids, roids and deer antler spray and yeah. anything, anything else. I don't know if deer, deer antler spray was as prevalent uh, then. Not yet. Yeah, it was more was before, anabolic steroids. That was before deer antler. Yeah, that was just more straight no, up I, roids. I, no, I, 
I vividly remember sitting with him at the Super Bowl, and Deer Antler Spray was going. That was the talk. Who was it? Ray Lewis, or it was someone that we were discussing. I think it was Ray Lewis. And Romanowski, who has done it all, said, "Oh, you know, this will this will do this for you, and this." And but what year was that game? 82. 82. Yeah, that, I think that's pretty early. That was. You could barely you could just see the game on YouTube. The, the, it was so grainy. That's why I, that game is part of why I hate Don Shula. Because Don Shula um, let Joe Robbie Stadium flood the night before the AFC Championship game, Dolphins and Jets. And the Jets had Freeman McNeil. They had a much better running game. And they didn't tarp the field. They let it get soaked. And so that was an advantage for them against Freeman McNeil. But when the snowplow came on for that, he was like, you can't manipulate the field well, like that. That's ridiculous. To be fair, at least they, both teams had to play on the same rainy field at that point. This well, was both teams had a to- Patriots guy clearing a path where only they had green grass on the kick and not Look, the other team. My young sensibility at the time found it very hypocritical, and well, I've never forgiven him for it. Uh, I would have had an issue with it. Illegal use Shula. of the towel, I've never seen flagged before. That was unusual. It was the first time I'd ever seen it. Well, I, I, I don't and know honestly, who, I who the sideline reporter was, but she took a shot of her you know, boots walking through. I mean, that field had like two-inch, three-inch Oh, it puddles. was huge splashes every time they ran uh, yeah. with anything. Where's and the it drainage? Was, it was already a terrible turf because that's, yeah. that's the turf that <laughs> the Chiefs were complaining about. And I came in the following week and said... If you're complaining about it as the road team in the Don't preseason, play. what are you doing putting Patrick Mahomes out there on that turf? Yeah. Who's the kicker, Panero? Yeah, that Eddie went Panero. During the offseason and found the crappiest high school football field <laughs> he could to practice on so that he'd be ready for his home field. It's a field that always looks very lush and almost it's like it's fake. flooded no matter what, even yeah. when it's dry. When you look at the Bears' field, right? It's like, another so reason You know it's going to get wet quick. Another reason when for it them starts to, to rain. go to Arlington. This was I, more I had of never a goat seen pasture. the illegal towel usage before. And they slow-mo. I mean, the, uh, whoever was calling the game right away said, nope, can't do that. And they're going to get him for 15 yards. And you could tell the holder had no idea. What's the call? He came out with multiple towels. Unsportsmanlike conduct, and he's, 15 he's down yards. On, he's down on a knee, sopping it up, and just tosses it to the side. And the, the ref just calmly looks at it and but they, that, throws the flag But they announced yards. it, uh, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, illegal use of towel. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Unsportsmanlike I love, conduct. I love officials explaining descriptively <laughs> that. You don't uh, get that from Jerome Bolt. Coming up. No, you do not. You get, well, you get holding on confusing. defense when it's holding on offense. Oh, but Chad, <laughs> the, t- the television broadcast didn't do him justice. He announced it twice. He came back. So he announced <laughs> he it did. as holding on the offense when he meant defense, or maybe it was vice versa. Yeah. And he then, then turned his mic back on it. and clarified uh, need to clarify, and he announced the same, same thing again. Same wrong thing. And if you're smart with Jerome Bowyer, after he announces something, cut his mic, and if he turns it back on before the next play, there's no need to turn him back on. And then he got back on there a third time as he's walking back to the his position behind the quarterback, and he just announces defense. <laughs> That's all he said, like just to clarify for a third time. What he meant? Does he have pictures on Goodell, dude? If we did, I mean, he's, the longest, he's if, the longest tenured uh, white hat right now. In well, the that, that's because the guys are leaving like crazy. Yeah, but it's they not. Can't I mean, stand it, the job. This is like his fourteenth or fifteenth season. If we did a list of the five most embarrassing people to the league, like across players, <laughs> coaches, oh, executives, list. whatever, he's in. It. Davey, let's mark that down. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good five that's a good most embarrassing segment. people to the NFL. Coming up.
top-rated rookies from week one. And um, to begin the show, everyone but Nathaniel Hackett thought it would have been wise to go for it instead of kick a 64-yard field goal. Nathaniel Hackett has talked with reporters today, and we'll tell you what he said. That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So believe it or not, Pro Football Focus, and look, I, I use this as a reference more than the law or the rule, Pro Football Focus. It's not your Bible. They have the top 15 rated rookies from week one. Vrabel should be excited. because Kyle Phillips is going to be in there. They've got, all, they've got three ranked in the top 15. They've got Roger McCreary, Kyle Phillips, and then the highest rated rookie is Traylon Burks, who you know, when he was on the field was productive and, and, and should have been more of a talk of week one because – they dialed up a play for him early in the game. And the officials, I don't know how they missed it, but they missed a, He was mugged by the defensive back. Pass interference was glaring, and they didn't call the, it. The trip, it was uh, 33 who uh, he got tripped up with. I'm not remembering but he dove the name and off the top of my head. Hit him early, and yeah, it was, it was obvious. Robinson. And they, they did not call that play. So they're. Uh, no, we talked about the officiating. So, I mean, that, he could have been even more of a storyline. Well, it's a great sign for a, uh, an organization that um, has made it the routine that early on you don't get much production. Week one from their rookie class. Week one here, these guys are, are making a difference. Here's a bad sign. Uh, they lose their best special teamer, according to them, to an ankle injury uh, that I reported Sunday night for the season. Deshaun Hand, a defensive lineman, played two snaps. He's out for the season with the torn quad. Two snaps. That's trending the wrong direction. Yeah. Now, those are not giant players, but we know where things well, trend from there. And this uh, is after losing Harold Landry. Harold yeah. Landry's the reason Dylan Cole is on the field in red zone defense in a three inside linebacker package. Tell me you can't do better by getting a Denny and Weaver on the field together or something. Cole was trying to set the edge there on some of those well, Saquon Barkley runs. Well, he was on the two-point conversion. where He grabbed his face mask, and I'm thinking, you just hold on for dear life at that point on a goal line play like that. Now, he doesn't know if there's someone behind him about to make the play, so you don't want to be responsible for grabbing the face mask on where a, a play where you stop him so and you go. win the game. But in hindsight, if you know the result of the play – the best play is just hold, bring him down by the face mask and live to play another down that's half, half the distance. Dylan Cole is a goal. special teamer at best. If he's on the field for your defense, that's a problem, but he should be on the field for your defense because your depth is poor and somebody got hurt, not as part of a package by design. A couple of the, uh, the other top uh, rookies in their performances, guys, just looking through here, uh, edge rusher Dominic Robinson – for the Bears, uh, a lot of these guys are going to be uh, late-round picks uh, or some undrafted. Joshua Williams with the Chiefs at corner. 
Ed Ingram with the Vikings, Dylan Parham with the, the Raiders, and uh, is it Kadir Kahu? Is that how you make, say his name? I'm looking up his... Uh, he's say it with un, authority. He is an Kadir Kahu. He is un, an undrafted right. corner. Undrafted corner, and uh, he is their number one rated Loved rookie. Loved him for coming one. out of Tulane. I'm just making that up. Oh, I don't yeah. know where he's from. I, I did not. I didn't get a read. Say on it the with film. confidence. I didn't get a read on his film coming out of Akron <laughs> or wherever he played. I'm going to find out. Yeah, it is. It is uh, Cater Kohu is how you say his name. Cater Kohu College. I think Kadir Kohu sounds better. I mean, he was. You guys, if you turn on the film at Texas A&M Commerce, he really lit it up there. He was just terrific at Texas A&M Commerce. They had a game against Sam Houston State. I mean, that's in that in that level, Paul. That's where they really get after it. Sam Houston State, Texas A&M Commerce. And when the lights were the brightest, he shined. I'm always going to take your word for it on that because I'm never going to catch that game. The, um, I wanna, we need to pump the brakes on uh, the Titans losing week one to the Giants because this is for those who haven't joined us in recent years. This team will play well on Monday night in Buffalo. That's what, it's, they, it's what they do. It's what, what they, they do. do. They step up when you think that they're awful. There will be a tip pass, Bayard interception. They get great field position. They go up early, and then they just run their game. And their game is through Henry, and Henry will perform well on the road in the lights of Well, there's a, there's a number of examples under Vrabel, but I keep going back to that Sunday night game in L.A. against the Rams without Derrick Henry a year ago where it felt like they had no chance. And they went in there and won pretty easily against the Rams yeah. on Sunday night football. That, that you're going to see a similar performance. Don't know if they're going to win, but they're going to play well. They'll play better against Buffalo. The Titans beat the Bills in 2020 coming off a 16-day COVID layoff where they had like one That's another walkthrough. Good one. It was a Tuesday night game, 42-16. Right? They beat them last year 34-31. Those were both in Nashville. 2019. Weren't they coming off a loss and they beat them last year on Monday Night Football also? I feel like something bad had happened the week before. Yeah, they probably lost to the Jets. Well, they, the were on a, they were on a very good run. That was in the midst of a very good run. Maybe it was the first game of a very well, good they run where the they Chiefs. beat where they beat the Chiefs, where they beat the Chargers. They lost uh, to the they, Jets and Texans, and then beat the Chiefs yeah. and and Bills in in close order. There, they lost to them in 2019, 14-7. Yeah, it was it was two weeks removed from the Jets' loss. They, I don't they remember. beat Jacksonville the year the week before. Last, last year, time they the were up there was the Nick Williams game. They lost uh, 13-12. But they they they've beaten a very good team the last two years. But it, they were both here. Buffalo, I'm sure, feels the fans you know do feel like it's time for vengeance. Um, and, you know, last year was that Josh Allen uh, kind of slipped. Jeffrey Simmons got him on a goal line play that was right at the end, right? Well, when it's vengeance time, they're going to break even more tables yeah. up oh, in Orchard tables. Park before this game. So get ready. Tables um, are going down. Nathaniel Hackett, quote, this is two reporters today. I'm bracing myself. Looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. All right, that's, that's the right thing to say. Nathaniel Hackett. That's today. the right thing to say. I think you just have to confess. It's not just going for it there, though. You, you, the follow-up is you had two timeouts in your pocket, too, when you're trying to drive there late. Well, that's why you should have gone for it. I mean, that's part of it. It's down. Like, I that's mean, encapsulated if you get it, it doesn't matter. But go my point it. is you can't have two time. You need one timeout left with 20 seconds left in that moment. He had two in his pocket. 
So if you don't get it, it doesn't matter. You're still in the game with the other team on offense with you with two timeouts. So you're calling timeout after each kneel down. And then eventually they snap the ball and it's over. So that part's inexcusable. Not going for it's inexcusable. There's multiple layers to his screw-up. And he accounted for one of them in that answer. Yeah, he yeah, let it run used down. Two timeouts earlier. Yeah, 30 seconds or whatever before he used the first of two remaining. And that, I mean, those are examples of, you know, the NFC, AFC losses if you're playing between conferences. It takes a while in a tiebreaker to get to that. But if you start 0 and 1 and you have the unfortune of, you know, falling 0 and 2, then you're digging out of a hole the entire season. It, the Colts last year, they start 0-3 to begin the year. They fight their way back to 500. Then they're on this run where it's like, oh, the Colts may catch the Titans in the AFC South. And they had a head-to-head matchup in Indy. That's when uh, Henry got hurt. And everyone thought at that moment, even though the Titans ended up winning that game, the, the Colts were going to eventually catch them because the best player went. And... You're not allowed any... You can't, you can't slip once after you start in a hole in September. If you're a game behind also, like now you're counting, if you're, if you're Denver, you're counting on the other three teams in the division all to drop a game that they shouldn't drop. So if they don't comply with what you need, tiebreakers are relevant because you're going to be a game behind. Right, right. And now, and in, you know, last year... The Steelers got in with their tie with Detroit because the Colts started 0-3 and then they finished the season the way they started, losing to the Raiders at home and then losing on the road to Jacksonville. And that's how the tie got Pittsburgh in as the seventh seed. And that's why you know people maybe at some point start to think you're making too much of that loss to Jacksonville from the Colts. You're not. They could have bailed themselves out of all of that, the yeah. 0-3 and the loss to the Raiders with a win over a team they were superior to talent-wise that had a miserable season, and they couldn't. You know who had a great start to the season was Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I, I, I mean, regretted it. I forgot that there was a new booth. I went straight to Manning Cast, and only when I got to Center to watch the recap, when, when Van Pelt went to them, I was like, oh, I should have watched a little bit of the regular booth. I went back and forth. The Mannings are always entertaining also. I, I love what they do with that. Uh, but you're right, Hutton. I, I thought they were exceptional. They've always been good, but there was just no... The, the only thing that I noticed, there was one time, and it was so smooth by Troy Aikman, but they were showing a replay, and he verbally said on mic, Telestrator. He had to cue his producer. He was, he was just in... But it was amazing. It was in the middle of his thought. You got a guard pulling out here and Telestrator, and then he just kept going the whole time. And finally, at the end of it, he had it by, by the time it was over. But he just said it you know, during his analysis of the play, they're both very good. I mean, I know but ESPN me knows is, that they're getting it, it, with both those guys. the key to that, just the smooth professionalism that sets up the, the color. Um, and so I regret not watching that. Who, which one of them So Buck's has, wife, by the way, is a part of the broadcast now. Game. Did you know that? Beisner, Buck? Yeah. yeah. Michelle Beisner, Buck. She did a huge piece on off-season with Russell Wilson where she was with him documenting a bunch of things, probably a five- to ten-minute piece during oh, the pregame. Oh, she was, she's been doing that, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's nothing that's new. That's why he came. Right. Part of yeah. why he came. But that was part of – I heard an interview with them, and that was – part. Of, he said part of his appeal to Fox was 
hey, I love it here, but now my wife's over there and now Troy's over there. Can we make something happen? Do we know who the B booth is next Monday and who the B, which game the B booth gets? I hope for your sake that it's Berman. <laughs> it's not Berman. Oh, wow. Berman doesn't call games. He, he does that Sunday Berman night. was oh, on. He, he has show. called I mean, the doubleheader no, on he Monday doesn't, night he, before. Not anymore. As someone who gets hot and sweats easily when you're outside and lights are on in front of you on camera, Berman, I mean, during the, the home run derby this year, was just a sweaty mess during the pregame coverage of that. Like, I felt awful for the guy. Because it's like they made him wear a long sleeve shirt. Everyone else is in a sports coat. He wasn't. But, I mean, he was drenched. At the start of the broadcast. I get irritated just talking about him. Um, I, I mean, it would be great for Titans fans if, if it was Buck and, uh, and Aikman, but I suspect it won't be because the other one's more prime time. Um, it'll have more viewers The other later. one is on ABC, and this one's on ESPN, I believe. I suspect so, yeah. Once well, again, that, though, with the Manning cast. Based on the kickoff time, that makes sense because you wouldn't go. I mean, you've got that early local news and network news going on during um, but this week. Are uh, they maybe bound to ESPN? The, uh, no. The, uh, the Titans will have Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Dan Orlovsky. Well, that's a this good week. booth. And then you have the other crew with the other game, the Eagles game. That's a good game. They're both, I mean, they both look like good games. Coming up, uh, what. Eddie George told me about Notre Dame and their recent loss. I found really interesting. I haven't thought of it this way. And he, I've, I've, he guarantees me this is what happened in their loss to Marshall. I'll tell you guys next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Chatting with Eddie George last night, and he's the head coach at Tennessee State. Of course, we talk a lot of Ohio State, and last week we were recapping Notre Dame's defensive effort against Ohio State's offense. And this week, I bring up the Marshall win in South Bend, and he goes, let me tell you what happened. Ohio State beat them twice. And then he went into details of how he's having to combat even a small bit of success with his team and try to keep people focused on the here and now instead of looking ahead now to like the next big challenge because the big challenge was Ohio State and I mean it it, it felt like they left there with a passing grade even though they left with a loss and you start to build off of that and you start to look ahead and he said Ohio State beat them twice and that's what Marcus Freeman is having to learn right now to you know get his gear his team back up on the immediate focus no matter the opponent well now that the challenge is don't let Marshall beat you twice they play Cal this weekend so don't allow that to happen again and I guess he's saying they were so charged up for that opening game challenge that there was a come down 
win or lose after that game, and you get Marshall at home the next week, and that's how Ohio State beat them twice. Yeah, he, he was also just saying, like, no, everyone expected you to just go up there and get crushed, right, and against Ohio State. He didn't. He didn't. And, you know, you didn't fall that far in the polls, and everything's okay. You can still accomplish your goals, and you start to look ahead for the next big opponent and you didn't look at the one in front of you i was thinking about eddie a little bit in the marshall context because notre dame losing to a team like marshall to me you're not going to do that probably two years in a row right so it makes it tougher on tennessee state in his case like he can show his kids look it happens yeah but on the other hand you'd rather it not happen because it's not going to happen two years let's in a also row. be fair to marshall and tsu and those are two very different yeah. levels yes. of, of football yes that marshall plays no Ma- doubt. marshall is a program that has huge wins in their past and has been fbs for a while so it would be i say that to say it'd be a upset. different level of upset the, if tsu were the only to thing that's similar is their payout yes <laughs> i mean that's that's what he was pointing to he's like we're not going up there just to, you know, get our brains beaten in. This is an example of the focus and mentality you have to have, no matter about, no matter the the news that got out of how much the university's making. Well, it was a weekend that's a good reminder that crazy things can't happen, even in college football. It doesn't happen as, as often as the, the example I used is March Madness or maybe some other sports. There's not really upsets that big in pro sports when everyone's getting paid as much, but. They do happen, so you better show up ready it was a really for every good single game. Someone can get you. Really good weekend. Back at it tomorrow. We'll begin to peek ahead to the weekend, all the big matchups. Looking forward to being uh, joined by Bobby Carpenter. He'll lead off the show with us. Hope you'll join us at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern for OutKick 360. Like it says behind me, don't block the box, but please be sure to lock your locks. See ya!